What's up, everyone? Welcome to another week of Cross Em Up podcast. I'm Maddie Trav here with Beachell. We have a special guest today, Yost. Um, a lot of people don't know, Yost and I actually go way back. We met uh, our senior year of high school. Uh, Yost grew up in the town just over from me, and we ran against each other in track meets. Well, not against each other, actually. Um, oh, follow Roger. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's true. Yeah, there was a yeah. co-ed relay. Were our relays against each other? Uh, the two mile one, uh, if you ran that, yeah, it never went well for us. I don't know how it went, well, how it went for y'all, but uh, that would be it. That's funny. I think I'm pretty sure my senior year, we we definitely were like top two or three for the two mile relay. So for people that don't know, there's like a special meet that Milford would always put on this high school in Michigan. And um, it's the co-ed relays. So there'd be two girls and two guys for each relay. And they did a four by two mile. So this thing would be going on forever, especially if like some of the girls on the team were a little bit slower sometimes. But the key to winning the four by two miler was just having girls that were faster because a lot of times the difference between a slower girl runner and a faster girl runner was a lot bigger than a slower guy runner and a faster guy runner. So, um, anyway, yeah. So that's funny. Yeah. I hope there wasn't a second heat for that. Oh no, there wasn't, but you know, you know, it took a long time when on the schedule, the official meet didn't start till after that was done. So they they blocked off a whole section for it. Right. Right. Yeah. That's a, those were the days. Um, Yost is also a great distance runner and steepler. Um, I guess steeple is distance running, but, um, you know, that, that athleticism also carries on to the courts. Yost, I heard you guys had quite the game today. Uh, you guys want to talk a little bit about that? Uh, yeah, sure. You know, uh, we had a nice little off day and it happened to be pretty nice, like sixties and sunny with like no win here in Ann Arbor. So as a person who grew up playing basketball and always kind of wants to shoot around, just shot a few messages around and we got a game running. Unfortunately, uh, the passion to play and the skill to play is, is a bit different right now. So, uh, definitely was caught lacking on the court, but you know, we'll get there building blocks step-by-step. We'll get the shot back. We'll, we'll clean up the sloppiness. Yeah, that just takes time. A little bit of practice, a little bit of repetition. That comes back quickly. Brian, what's your assessment on the game? Were you on the courts too, I heard? Unfortunately, in in my case, the passion was very low and the skill level was also very low. So it didn't make for some good basketball on my part. To be honest, I just like didn't want to be there. So a good lesson to everyone is if people are assembling basketball, don't feel guilty if they're like trying to find players. Like it's probably better if you just don't go play if you don't want to. (laughs) Very true, very true. I, I, just, I just need to like I need to go to the courts like on my own I feel like and just like shoot around for a lot like maybe at least like find like one spot in the court where I could like consistently hit a shot I don't know maybe it'll be peaceful like go like listen to like Joe Rogan or something and just like shoot free throws one day I don't know but my uh I need to work on the fundamentals it's like I like the people we play with they took it like somewhat like seriously like competitive and I feel like if you're like not good at basketball and you're playing with people who take it like seriously and competitive, it just like doesn't become fun. I mean, it would be like if you went for like a run with other people and like they started hammering and you were in really bad shape, and it just wouldn't be fun for you. Like you'd be like just getting dropped. So that was kind of like me out, out in the courts today. Ryan, I think yeah. I need a little more confidence from you. Well, and the other problem was I was on the bike for a hundred miles yesterday and then the rest of the day was a little bit of a whirlwind after that too. So I was kind of like exhausted going into it. Also, I ran at Bird Hills before the game. So maybe uh, you, you have plenty of excuses to take the day off. Uh, you're just getting that extra credit yeah, well, and even showing up. So we appreciated it. I feel badly though, because like when I hear people like assembling teams and like I was in a group chat and like, they're like calling like, the amount of people that were called for this game who like didn't show up was pretty like incredible. Like I, like people from like East Lansing were being like called to show up to pick up game. So like you feel like guilty in a way, like when they're like looking for guys, it's like, okay, like I'll like, I'll play. Like I don't want to like ruin the game, but I think like I'm either like better suited for like three on three pickup or like just like shooting around. I, I'm not ready for the five on five prime time just yet. Gotcha. Gotcha. I didn't realize they were, 
going all the way out to East Lansing or something because I was just yeah everyone when, was like I could get my friends to come like, all like I must I must have got in late to the game because I think by the time I texted uh, Austin uh, we had there was nine people like including me so I was like oh sweet looks like we got yeah, a group. this is in the works for like days oh so oh just wow got- there was build up to this mm-hmm. there was, I wasn't yeah. invited to this game. <laughs> I, I was, I know, you know, I'm a little banged up right now, so I wasn't going to play, but I could have watched at least. Yeah. We thought you were on the injury report, so we didn't want to yeah, extend yeah. yeah. I'll, yeah, as soon as I'm, I'm back and, and cleared to, to do that sort of running around and cutting, I'm, uh, I'm in, especially in, in my retirement from college sports, uh, I'll be hitting up the courts as much. Although as there's going to be plenty of buildup. It's still building up to the fabled uh, rematch between uh, Laurent and you versus uh, Sloan and I. Yes. Yes. You're right. I, to this day, Yost, that game still bugs me. I I've said this before. I have no problem losing to you because I feel like you have more basketball experience and I've seen you play like guys, Yost, he hold he more than holds his own. Like he's pretty, he's, you're really athletic and you're, you're, you're like a good basketball player. Um, I can't really speak to Sloan's experience, but I just mostly feel like Laurent and I just like couldn't get in a rhythm. And I just think we need a little more practice. <laughs> That's fair. But, that's fair. Yeah, Although I definitely did not feel like super athletic today playing with all the, uh, I mean, Mason who's a uh, decathlete, he was there. And then basically the mid D guys. So uh, when you're a guy who specializes in the longer distance, you don't feel as fast or as sharp on the co- court compared to them. So. Yeah. You're definitely one of the better too. players in the court. Yeah. yeah I think. I think that just because I because I try and slow the game down and in my in my older age I don't go for the fast break as much I try and set it up space the court out get some assists it's okay that's yeah, by the game. last game by the last game like me and Evan were like on opposite teams and we just looked at each other and we were like let's just walk from corner to corner every <laughs> possession <laughs> I, I I'm like a lazy like Carmelo Anthony who can't shoot <laughs> that's that's like my style of play. Hey, but if you have the swagger, that's all that matters. Swagger of Carmelo Anthony, you're doing just fine. All I need to do is learn how to like shoot a three. And then I'm set. <laughs> I can just like walk up and down the court, like maybe even just stay on the offensive end. Yeah, that's just that's just practice. I mean, you just gotta make time for it. If you have time to go for a hundred mile bike ride, I think you have time to shoot a couple threes, Brian. Yeah. My how was, how was that the by the way? Take us through it a little bit. Yeah, well, I was happy. You and Aurora helped get me through the first 25 minutes of that, and then it was I went to uh, to Hell, Michigan, so literally went to Hell and back, and then <laughs> went to like through like then went to like Stockbridge, a bunch of like small like Michigan towns like up around like like north of Chelsea. So I saw some like really nice new roads. Like the scenery was was great, and getting the bike fitness up. I think like. At first, I was like, I want to race for cycling, but now I'm, like, kind of getting competitive and, like, doing, like, Strava segments and stuff. And it's like, I kind of want to, like, race with biking. So maybe I'll get, like, fit in the bike and then head out to Colorado and try and enter a race and get, like, absolutely destroyed by, like, the real cyclists out there. But I'm getting kind of, like, the competitive itch with it. So we'll see where that goes. Honestly, you should. I mean, obviously, you're really fit on the bike. Got to go after those, yeah. uh, get every Strava segment possible. You're getting fit though. Like you're improving too. Like this is like your second week on the bike. And on Friday, like we rode and we almost like got, I almost got like this one segment. You would have gotten like the QOM, like the women's like equivalent of like a KOM on Strava. But then like right at the end, like there's like road work. So like we had to like stop, but still like our like time on that segment was still fast. Like So the Ann Arbor cycling community has got to watch out for you. I think in the coming weeks, yeah, yeah, we'll see. I do want to get a segment just uh, for bragging rights, but mm-hmm. I, so I'm very new to Strava. I literally just got it for try to get like these cycling segments because I'm just a really competitive person. But I have to say that when it comes to Strava, Yoast, I think you have the most Strava clout. Your captions oh. are hilarious. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Walk us through your thought process when you put a caption on a run or also are you public? Like can people on this podcast, if they're not already do themselves a favor and follow you? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm public. Everybody can see what I'm doing. They can see all the uh, eight minute pace shakeouts and all of the like hill workouts I get waxed on and all that stuff. So yeah. 
But uh, I mean, the tried and true method for me is quite silly. Um, my go-to is just wherever we're running or whatever workout we're doing sort of thing. I just flip the order of the words and then boom, that's the title right there. So like this, uh, this Saturday we did a, a fart lick. So I just did lick of farts. And it's like <laughs> funny, whatever. I mean, it's just like dumb, dumb wordplay stuff like that is just kind of where I like, that's my, that's my, uh, that's my go-to, I would say, you know, there's, it's just simple, mindless, and I get a chuckle out of it. And it, it's just nice that other people do too. Yeah, for sure. I always like your descriptions too. So not only are you clever with the captions, but your descriptions are always kind of funny. So anyway, uh, yeah, I'm like getting more and more into this form of social media because there's not a lot of, uh, I mean, you can't really be fake on it. It's just really real. And it's fun to see, you know, what my friends are up to. And I think it'll be fun after college too, just seeing how people are staying active. So yeah, and well, I completely agree. Cycling Strava is a cutthroat world. You got to get ready for it. Really? Because like running Strava, it's like no one really cares about segments as much because it's like running your races all the time. So it's like no one cares if you get some random segment. It's about like how fast you run a race. But like with like cycling, there's not a lot of races and stuff. So people like get really competitive with the segment. And that's like when I'm like at home, like I've got like rivals and like people will be gunning for your segments every day. So you got to get, get ready for that. Once you get that, get the segments, you're going to get a target on your back. You get hunted. Wow. Or you'll have someone just driving by in a car, just take it or something like that. That's, that's one of my bigger pet peeves on Strava is like you have, I've had a segment taken from me and the person titles their run gravel bike ride. So it's like they were on the bike or, you, or they're just all of a sudden, like, usually for me, it's a lot of bikes. I haven't had cars too often. I've had one of those. But yeah, it's like, huh, you went 10 miles at 410 pace. Like, interesting. Very interesting. That's so frustrating. But I, I do appreciate, I'm going to touch on what you said, like, Maddie, it just, you kind of have to be honest the whole time while you're on there. It's like, every, especially if you're public, like, everybody's seeing what you're doing. So I think, like, that's kind of comes into my caption things, too. Like, I put my little, like, dumb, witty, like, twist of trying to be funny on it but it is like it's reflecting how I felt that day or like how I thought it went so yeah it's cool it's kind of like a I don't know like a little bit of like a running journal in a way to like kind of look back on and and document the great days and the not so great days and that's mm -hmm. uh it's kind of cool to have so I like looking at people the last time so you could see like the amount of time like they ran like let's say they did like they did like a 40 minute run or something. And then the last time to show that it was like a 55 minute run. So it's a good way to like catch the frauds who are like taking too many breaks during the run. And like, I like see like people and I'm like, there's no way they actually did this. Then I go and look at their last time and it's like 30 minutes or something like that. And I'm like, did you like sit in the park bench the whole time? Like, <laughs> That's so funny. I will yeah. have, you know, I am an avid supporter of recovery days. Like, I mean, don't stop like, every time but i mean if you get stopped at a light it's like hey, it's a recovery day no need to rush through that sort of thing Elapsed well the recovery day is one thing but if you do like a hard long run or something and like you run like really fast pace and like brag about it and then you go check their last time and it's like 30 minutes more and it's like oh i i completely agree yeah, yeah. yeah that's i'm all about the taking like recovery days and i have like my like recovery rides too or i'm on the bike where i like yeah with and, like, me yeah. you're probably like this is too slow <laughs> No, like we keep, we don't take many breaks for the amount of time, like we're out there on the bike. Like you gotta get, give you credit for that. There are like a lot of people who take like way longer breaks. Like we, we keep it, we keep it serious. Like we're, we're business-like out there. Yeah. Business only, just like this podcast. Yeah. As I'm wearing my duck shirt <laughs> my, from, from Earl, business only. Oh, I love Earl. Shout out to Earl. Uh, no, you look pretty official, Yost. Uh, you got the headset on, the microphone, sound quality good. Like you're ready to go for this podcast. Oh yeah. yeah hopping on two minutes early, just sneaking in. Yep. Right on yeah. Time. yeah. Um, so now we got to get into the meat of the stuff, guys. March Madness. 
okay, <laughs> I'm not going to lie. My bracket has suffered, but <laughs> I would be lying if I said that I'm okay that Illinois lost as did Ohio State. And I'd rather have that than my bracket be doing better. How are your guys' brackets? Uh, they, they've seen better days. The better days being like the hour before the tournament started when I submitted it. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess like I am frantically checking. I think the West Virginia game might be done now. So I, that's been keeping me nervous. Yeah. Let's check that. Ooh, right now. That is unfortunate. There is four seconds left and Syracuse is up two. Oh so God. that's probably another final four team for me gone. Well, uh, well, sometime, I guess we don't know. I wish we could pull this up live and have commentary during the game. Yeah. Um, so that was a final four team for you. Yeah. I went big 12 heavy and I'm probably going to pay. Well, I'm already paying the price because I had Texas. I had West Virginia and then I had Baylor. And then my non-Big 12 was Gonzaga. So I just, all my chips are on Baylor because I do have them winning the whole thing. Okay. My final four is still alive. Um, Brackets not doing great, but it's promising that those teams are in. I have Iowa, Michigan, Baylor, and Houston. Mm -hmm. Brian, what was your final four? So I have have two brackets. And my main bracket is doing like really bad. I had Baylor winning that. I had Texas in the final four and they got knocked out. And then my joke bracket that I Rutgers wing it all, I'm at like 92% or something like that. So <laughs> I hope that my joke, I hope that Rutgers does win it all. Like I'd honestly take Rutgers over Michigan if that matchup comes into oh uh, fruition as it, as wow. it goes on. This but again. We, we see where your loyalty lies. Unbelievable. Right. They, they got their first first win since 1983 the other day mm-hmm. like you talk about like it's feeling good for like small schools winning games it's almost like that same feeling for Rutgers even though they're like a big 10 school because they've been like so bad for so long it's like good for them to finally like get a win in the big 10 yeah that's true also can we talk about the school Oral Roberts a team that upset OSU like I have never heard of that school before do, do we know where they are it sounds made up I think, I think they're in it's Oklahoma. in Tulsa really? Oklahoma okay yeah, I guess. Uh, oh, no, I've just seen a lot of jokes about their name. Yeah, lots of memes that are not podcast. Lot, lot, lots of memes that are, are not PG. <laughs> so we'll just leave it at that, you know? Yeah, we will leave it at that. But um, yeah, it's I feel like March is always crazy. Maybe now even crazier. I guess it's very fitting for 2021. But um, Illinois being, uh, taken down today by Loyola. I was just really happy to see sister Jean. I don't know if you guys remember her from a couple years ago, but when Loyola made that huge run and Michigan was the team that finally beat them in the tournament, um, you know, she was always featured and, and would say like a pregame prayer with the team and just like this adorable, um, I don't know like what her, do you guys know what her role is with the school? Is she... Like, uh, that is... I think she's technically like the team chaplain. Okay. For the, I don't know, like, what it's, I, I don't know what else she does for them. But... She is a chaplain for the Loyola Ramblers men's basketball team. Okay. Well, look at you. Nailed it, Brian. Yeah, on that. Um, I have to read you guys this little, um, it's an excerpt from the prayer for their game today that she said. And it's just like makes me love her so much. She says, As we play the fighting Illini, we ask for special help to overcome this team and get a great win. We hope to score early and make our opponents nervous. We have a great opportunity to convert rebounds as this team makes about 50% of layups and 30% of its three points. Our defense can take care of that. So she knows her stuff. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, she's been around the block too. I mean, making that, uh, they made the final four, right? I'm not mistaken in that a few years back. Yeah, or was that the played them yeah, three years. Yeah, them to, played them to get into the, the championship. So she she knows what they what they need to get yeah. the win and advance. So she does. I mean, honestly, I did not pick them to win. So shame on me for sleeping on Loyola. But mm-hmm. it's hard because they're having like it was two years ago since the last tournament. 
I don't know. Mm -hmm. I just feel like in general, all these teams, like we don't really know, like their teams have changed so much. It was like two years and like, you know, new players have come in, all the players have left. So you can look at how teams have done in tournament history in recent years, but it actually like, isn't even that recent. Mm -hmm. So maybe and that's why. Well, Loyola Chicago, their center was around the last time they were in the final four. And like, he's kind of like, he was like a meme on Twitter because he looks like some guy from a movie like all like the bar stool, like people are like going crazy over him. Like they love him, this guy. Like, but apparently he's like a really like underrated center. Like I think he got like 19 points, uh, 12 rebounds, and like five assists. Like so he like did well against one of the best big men in the country. So maybe Loyola Chicago is gonna make another big run. Maybe they're more legit than we thought. Yeah, he he put up like 19, 12, and five. Oof. Ooh. Do you know what movie character? Because I saw on like Twitter they did like a side by side. Like he has like the mustache, like some guy who's like looks like in like sheriff like uniform or something. I don't know. Uh. I yeah, I have no idea either. Yeah, Barstool Big Brian. Cat loves him, so he must be a meme. <laughs> he also might just like him because he's a big fellow, like Big Cat. <laughs> And, he, and he's good at the basketball. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, okay, so it's official. West Virginia lost. That's that's painful. But um, so we were talking about uh, earlier, like, how to pick teams and stuff. Uh, like, it's hard to base it on what teams did even this year because it was conference only. So maybe some of the seeding might have been a little – skewed one way or another or you didn't really get a look because uh, a great look at how teams fared outside of their conference because uh they're just I feel like there wasn't too much crossover I, I mean this is just off the off the rip for me could be wrong but I don't know so what did y'all look at other than like record that sort of stuff to decide who's advancing and who's going home yeah, that's actually a really good point. Okay. Um, yeah, I would say it is hard because we haven't had as much out of conference play as normally in a season. And like you said, just things are weird, especially with like all the COVID things that teams have dealt with. Um, when I'm going through and doing my bracket and I like don't follow this strategy because clearly it hasn't been working for me. But, um, I always kind of like look at the seed. I'll like look up if it's like close seeds, I'll look up their records or a lot of times if they won their conference, like, are they trending and kind of getting a rhythm going? Cause I do think basketball being a game of streaks that, you know, teams that have are entering the tournament with a couple wins and have that confidence, like they can ride that. So I always look at, you know, more recent games versus earlier games. Teams are kind of getting things together in a season. Also, if players are injured, um, obviously, Livers being injured for Michigan um, was definitely a blow for us. That didn't change. I still put Michigan to win it all because go blue, but um, that kind of thing. And then I, the, the problem I always have is I know that there are always some upsets in the first round and I always am trying to, you know, maybe like put an upset or two. And so I kind of like go off my gut for that one be like, Oh, maybe like this team seems like they're doing okay. Like, they, they have a chance at, at, at having an upset and I never pick the right one. <laughs> yeah. Brian, what about you? What's yeah, your I, I like to look at like, I think a big thing is looking at like coaches who like made runs in the tournament before hmm. like Syracuse. I should have honestly picked them because Bayheim has like gotten Syracuse teams that don't come in with a high seed to make a run in the past. So I, I think I overlooked that one. And that's also why I picked Texas going far because their coach coached VCU on a run back before he was hired by Texas. So I think like having a good coach plays a big role when it comes down to like elimination games because they've done it before. They're usually really good at like finding the other team's weakness and like helping their team survive and like, advance in one game. They know what it takes to get the guys ready so that they won't overlook the game. So I think like program success slash like head coaching is really important to look at. And then when I was, so I like picked Colgate to be my big up, like upset. And like, they got out to a fast start and 
they were like up big on Arkansas and then Arkansas just like outlasted them. But I'll look at like for the small schools and I'll look at like three point shooting percentage and Colgate was a really good three point shooting team. So that's why I had them. And they actually got off really like to a hot start by like three point shooting and then it failed. But I'll look at like stuff like that, like program history. And then I'll just like for the upsets and look at like stats, like see what they're good at. And, Cause I think like if you're a small school, you got to win by being able to shoot the three ball. Well, Cause usually you don't have a good big man down low or you do have, or you don't have enough big men, like your center gets in foul trouble and then you can't pull another 6'10 guy off the bench because you don't have another 6'10 guy. So that, you got to like stay hot shooting if you're a small school in the tournament trying to make a run. Yeah, especially. And Colgate had, uh, uh, talking about like great, uh, like field goal three point percentage. Like they had uh, number 13, Jack Ferguson, which side note, great number 13, best number in the game. But yeah, <laughs> I mean, one of the guys who helped them start on that quick run, I mean, he's a 50% field, like field goal shooter, like over 50, like 50, 51 from three point and 90% from the free throw line. So it's like when you see a few players like that or like, Obviously, not everybody's going to be 50, 50, 90, but those higher percentages, you think, I mean, they can get hot. They can, they can yeah. do something special. And even Oral Roberts, I didn't have them winning, but they're the number one free throw shooting team in the country. So even that goes a long way. Like if you're going to make the, the free throws that are given to you and you're going to make like most of them, that is also huge. Like Ohio State, they had a very bad free throw shooting game and then Oral Roberts had a much better game and you're like, putting points on the board that you like you're putting the three points on the board, which is also really important come March. Like if you're a small school, you got to take every single point that you're given if you're not as physical down low. So good free throw shooting team, good three point shooting team. Those are the kind of teams that will surprise people make a run. That's a good point. Yos, what was your strategy this year when you were filling out your bracket? Um, so as I mentioned earlier, submitted it like maybe an hour before it's due. Um, my strategy this year was don't think too much about it because if I put in a lot of time or a little time, the results probably going to be pretty similar. Yeah. But, um, so for a lot of the top seeds, like for Baylor example, who I have winning all the way, it's like, I saw them play like once or twice. I've watched a few games. I was like, I think they're a very good team. So I was like, yeah, I feel good about them. Sure, go all the way. And then really, once I got to like the like 7, 10, 8, 9 matchups, I'd look at teams a bit closer. And and then obviously going later into picking like the Sweet 16, who wins that, Elite 8, who wins that, I'd look at stuff specifically for me, uh, as we touched on, free throw percentage because it's free points. And then – I like looking at uh, points allowed and then uh, like the rebounds per game as well. I, I think like if you have a high number of rebounds, you, that either means you're getting more second chance opportunities or you're limiting uh, the opportunities the other team gets by controlling the ball. And then I guess quality wins and losses, just a smidgen. Cause I think in my opinion, when they say a quality loss, but it's to, I don't care if it's the number one team in the nation. If it's over like a double digit loss, I don't see how that's really that quality. So I take that with a big grain of salt. Quality mm. wins I'll, I'll consider, but losses not as much. Interesting. Yeah. I haven't really thought about that, That's but that's a good point. I mean, if you get blown up by a team, it, it kind of implies that you like unraveled it, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So how uh, many brackets did you guys make? Cause I only made two. Like I kind of had the same idea. Like I don't want to spend too much time in the bracket when so much is up to chance. Like it's not like fantasy football where more like knowledge of the game comes into play, even though that is up to chance too, to a certain extent. But that's like something where it's way more worth it to like do your research and be all in and invested and know everything about every team. Whereas this is like, it's anything can happen in a single elimination game. Mm -hmm. all, a lot of it is up to chance. Um, I only, this is the first year I only did, uh, one bracket. I've, I think the most I've done is three in a year, 
Uh, I just, I don't know. I don't, I don't want to be the guy that be like, I picked those three upsets. I mean, they're in like three of my 17 different brackets I filled right. out this year. It's like, well, you got it right. But I mean, did you in a sense, like that's how it almost feels. So yeah, this year I just wanted to be like, you know what? I'm confident, shaky, shaky confidence in my one bracket. We'll just use it for anything I join. Yeah, I was the same. I just filled out the one um, for our team competition for both the men's and women's tournament. Mm -hmm. Um, We have a new leader for the men's tournament. Ginobili was leading. um, And for those of you guys that don't remember, he was on our podcast earlier, but now it's Catherine House, a definitive uh, first place. Then we have uh, Ginobili, Aaron Connor, Cole, who was also on the podcast, uh, Kate, Heath, um, and all these people are tied besides Catherine, who is first Ronald, which I think it must be Roland. It says Rolo underneath. And then it's the, like the ESPN zero three one nine, and I don't know who that is. They just didn't change their name. So, um, that is for the men, for the women, which obviously the women's tournament started today. So not as many games have played, but. Lauren is in first, another ESPN code name bracket. Um, oh, Anthony. Oh, I didn't even know we had a group for the women's tournament. Yeah, I think I told you. I got to enter mine in that. Oh, yeah. I thought it was only four. Okay, I'll enter. I got to enter. Okay, sorry for interrupting, but I, I got to enter that then. I need to enter mine as well because I made one. I got the Huskies going all the way because that just seems like a safe bet every year. Yeah, that's what I did, especially with um, Paige Becker. She's just phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Um, they're star freshmen. Oh, we got Meg and Jack all tied for fourth with Aaron Connor, Catherine House, um, Shiggy, Cole, and uh, Claire McNamara. So uh, a bunch of people are tied for fourth for that one also. We have, honestly, Brian, we're uh, – I mean, and Yos, the three of us are kind of lacking the representation in the leaderboard here for this bracket challenge, but we do have some of our previous guests doing relatively well. So uh, we will see. You know, my points, I'm ahead of you by 20 points right now. <laughs> my points might be low at the end of the day, but if I get the win, if Baylor wins, then I at least got the winner right. And that's, but you know what? I'll hang my hat on that. Okay, well, if Michigan wins, I picked it, and you're going to feel foolish that you doubted them. <laughs> uh, no, I'll just be happy they won. It's a win-win. That's true. That's I, either get, true. I either get my bracket right or I get to see a national championship won for that our school. That is true. Speaking of the – Is win- our bet still on? Is what? Is our bet still on? Oh, oh, yeah. does it bet? When I beat you, you will be buying me a six pack. Yes, it's still on. Oh. Okay, so I am 20 points ahead of you right now, and I need Baylor to win. So, yeah, but I also have all my final four teams. So, I'm I'm not worried, Brian. Don't worry. Uh, about that. On that. <laughs> but uh, talking about the women, oh, we should. Well, what do we do if I win the women over you and you win the men, or vice versa? Maybe we'll come up with another bet for the women. So one v one at uh, Eber White basketball courts. <laughs> yeah. I think you'd win, honestly. Winner take all. <laughs> I'm like, I'm really, really bad. Like, Ryan, I told you. I, I think you'd be the favorite. It's the maybe I'll, I'll 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 try and like bring some of like the cycling confidence. Try and attack the game like a segment. Yeah, absolutely. Attack it. Yeah, like a segment. Um. But I think we would be remiss if we did not talk about the blatant sexism that has gone on in the NCAA tournament. Um, I'm sure that you guys have seen this. It's been all over social media. If you haven't, also stop living under a rock, but look it up. Um, the NCAA makes this, you know, weight room for these players during the tournament. Obviously, you need to lift when you're there for like weeks, right? And the discrepancy between the men's weight room and the women's weight room is laughable. The men has have like multiple racks, um, obviously like, you know, a huge variety of weights goes up to the appropriate weight, 
Whereas the women literally had a picture of one single, it was like a dumbbell stand. And I swear the heaviest weight was like 25 pounds. Okay. I lift way more than that. And I'm a distance runner. These women are strong basketball players. Also literally one like single thing. It probably had a total of like, I don't know, 10 dumbbells. If that for the entire NCAA, like women, like tournament challenge for women. Are you serious? Like I, there was that. And then also the food. So they showed pictures on social media of like the men, um, having like a whole buffet for dinner. And then the women would just get like gross. Like it looked like meatloaf. I don't know if it was actually It looked like a brick with like gravy on it. It was disgusting. It's and one like, of those air quote, like foods. Like, yes. Yeah. It's meatloaf or whatever. Right. It's like just complete. Yeah. And they, and they got called out for it. And apparently they did change the women's weight room because basically they had no choice, but to, or else people were going to throw, continue to throw a fit as they should. Yeah. Yeah. What I saw on social though, is it was a lot of, well, a few outside companies I saw, I think Dick's sporting goods and orange theory were like, we will send stuff out there for you guys to like, or for you gals to have like the proper equipment. So it might like, I guess the NCAA, like, gets a little coverage like oh we're doing good now but it might not really have been like their actions to solve it interesting i just yeah from my understanding it's illegal like under title nine that they're like different i feel like that yeah yeah Yeah. so i was i was actually trying to like read into like because the way it seems like it was set up is they there has to have been like some sort of loophole or something they could they try to jump through because they're like oh we can skim costs here or something like that but I mean like this one thing I found it's like I mean obviously equal treatment of athletes and it says um it like it requires that they receive equal like treatment in areas like locker rooms practice game facilities like publicity that sort of stuff and I would say like a weight room is a practice facility like that it should should be the same for both like that's just a real drop of the ball there and how many people had to drop the ball like it wasn't just one person it's had to be Mm -hmm. multiple people that like went through their head like oh yeah this is acceptable (laughs) Mm -hmm. like are you serious (laughs) yeah I think it's I think it's a lot of people that aren't putting like now this is this is just my opinion but the NCAA I think I feel like should be set up for the student athletes best interests and providing what's best for them and it seems like this decision was made clearly not in that interest and it's like well where can we kind of like make the most money while like cutting costs yeah and it's like and the thing is it's not even like this is a whole nother issue but it's not like we're cutting costs for both so that the athletes can then receive some of the benefits like right it's just like we're cutting costs so we can make money oh absolutely also i heard somewhere and i didn't do really any fact checking on this but um i mean it seemed like i i think it was retweeted by espn or something uh but it they had said it wasn't a lack of funding for the difference between the two weight rooms, they claimed they didn't have enough space for the women's side. And it's like, and then someone, one of the players showed like a video that went viral and it like literally shows all of the space behind the weight room. So it's like, yeah, you just lied. You just actually just didn't create equal weight room. Economy. Yeah. Then they start backpedaling and then they start lying. I will say like that, like weight, the original weight room with like yoga mats and, and like 25 pound dumbbell would probably be like a perfect weight room for someone like myself who isn't able to lift much and only does like does a little core and like calls out a lift but yeah it's like if that's when it gets really bad is then if you messed up at least like say we messed up but then they start they start lying and saying you know enough space it's like in the age of social media you just can't lie anymore like that because everyone has their phones out and everyone has their cameras. Next thing you know, like the video is going to go viral on Twitter. So mm-hmm. it's a really bad look that they did that. 
the thing that bugs me is not only, as you said, Yost, is the NCAA claim that they're for the best interests of the student athletes, which clearly they're not, but also in terms of equality in men's and women's sports, you know, being an organization that provides both, you know, resources and supposedly opportunities for men and women in sport, I think they have the opportunity to kind of level the playing field by, you know, creating more publicity for women's sports and showing that as a society, we should view them as equal by providing equal equipment and um, again, like coverage and stuff like that. Like they have the ability to kind of drive change starting at the collegiate level to hopefully, you know, create more interest um, in these women or these female players that will go on to be pro. And then hopefully the pro leagues, you know, start getting more momentum and publicity. And and, and as a society, we begin to value women's sports more. So the NCAA has this opportunity and and instead they just completely go the other way with it. And and that's honestly what pisses me off is that they have a platform to to do something really good. Um, And instead it's just, we're going the opposite way. And that's super frustrating. And the problem, too, is the media sites. Like, if you go on ESPN, it's going to be the men's tournament that's going to be shown, like, first. And that's, like, a lot of what you're, you're going to see. And I think if it's going to change, like, the media sites are going to have to help change. It can't just be the NCAA, even though that would be a great starting point for them to, like, get the ball rolling. But all, like, these sports outlets are going to need to start, like, equalizing their front page for, like, showing women's sports, too, because – there are like really impressive women's highlights out there that can easily be shown on the front page of an ESPN or be put on like all these Instagram pages, but often they're just overlooked. And I think like that would go such a long way to getting more excited because like we were watching the game today and it's the I, women's basketball is really, really quality basketball, especially like if you want to learn the game and you're a young player, it's probably better to watch women's basketball than men's basketball. They're, they're cutting their, their offenses are smooth. Like it's, Mm-hmm. good fundamentals and I think that that definitely deserves more coverage absolutely um yeah that's a good point point. and even honestly like an example of like I always obviously talk about the men's team but you know I I haven't talked about the women's team as much and part of it is because on my social media like all I'm seeing are like you know highlights of the men's game and this and that and I do follow Michigan women's basketball but like they're just not featured as much as you know a lot of accounts talk about men's basketball in the NCAA mm-hmm. so you know maybe Brian maybe we have to start talking about women's sports more to um I know we have a little bit on this podcast but I think you're right in terms of like the media and coverage and and maybe that starts like somewhere like here too so um yeah, yeah. Shame me, I guess for not talking more about um, you know, women's sports, obviously being a female athlete is something that I do um, also really value. I will say, I hate to talk about running, but I think running is one of the few sports that it is like covered pretty equally. Like you go on Let's Run and there are just as many like women's running threads as there are like men's threads. And it's like the races are like, I think like definitely equally like shown. Now, granted, the meets are both are like co-ed. So it, you're going to show both races, but I think running does is one of those, like probably one, one of the sports where it's like the most equal between the two and where the excitement and the coverage is pretty much 50, 50 for both genders. Yeah, that's actually a really good point. Um, I mean, yeah, you're absolutely right. I think in the, the sport of track and field that they've done a really, really good job of, of making that coverage and that excitement equal. Um, that's a really good point, huh? Yeah. So these other, well, or maybe even, are running. This, is just, this is just an idea I thought of right now. I wonder if like for like college basketball games, like if Michigan had like the women's game and the men's game, you purchase like a ticket for both almost, and like you just stay and like, cause I'm sure there are, there are people who love basketball who stay for both games. Like they're both that time. I mean, you sit in like a cold football stadium and watch football for four hours. Like why can't you watch basketball like that for, back-to-back that, that that's kind of interesting i don't know how viable it is that was just I, I literally think, off the top of my head now i think that's like a idea that they should at least try to put in practice because in theory it makes a lot of sense to me at least i on this year with the whole pandemic thing still going on obviously it's a bit harder to justify putting more people in the same spot but i think like any given normal tournament 
like year. Why can't they have, why can't they just be at the same spot? You just chunk off a little more time in the day for, for games. Like it is doable. Yeah. It's just how, how willing are people to try something new and it, and maybe fail at something new and look at a different Avenue. And I think at the end of the day, you just need more people with open minds and the willingness to go for it. Yeah, I agree. I think, um, as you mentioned, Brian, women's basketball is super exciting and fun to watch. And it's, it is like a little more fundamental almost than the men's game in terms of their style of play. And I do think that if people had, were kind of almost, I'm not going to say forced to watch it, but it like made it more convenient to watch women's basketball. And it started to become more of an event that that would be like a really good way to suck people in. Um, And I think they would, you know, begin to appreciate the women's game more. And obviously kind of starting that sort of, um, you know, set up in other sports as well. I'm proud of myself right now for that idea. Like, I hope that takes off. It's like you combine like men's and women's running in the same meet. Why don't you combine like both like them in the same basketball game, at least like for the tournament? It's honestly a fantastic idea. I deserve the credit if that someone's <laughs> probably had that idea before, but no, we're, I, we'll, we'll get the timestamp. We'll get the timestamp yeah. of right now. Brian Hill. Brian, oh, let's read the whole Zoom name. Brian Christopher Hill. Uh, <laughs> March uh, 21st at 7.52 p.m. was absolutely right. Yes. Absolutely. Amen. Maybe like sort of Reddit thread right now, just to like put it out there, like cement it. Yeah, or your uh burner Twitter account can just go off. <laughs> well, no, I don't want my burner Twitter account. I don't want to tie that to my name. Oh, true. <laughs> That's like a bad <laughs> Um, so I guess we should talk a little bit about the women's tournament. Um as Brian, you mentioned, we did watch the Michigan game today. Uh, Michigan women beat um, the F- Florida Gulf Coast. Uh, it was fun to watch. We caught the end of it. Uh, they won by a lot. There, I would say their division is is pretty tough. They have um, they'll play Tennessee next, which is a number three seed, and uh, you know Tennessee comes from that program of kind of being a women's basketball dynasty. Pat Summit used to um, coach Tennessee. She had the previous record um, for the most wins with 1,098 wins before both um, coach Tara of Stanford and then Gino of UConn uh, surpassed that this year. Um, So that will be tough for Michigan, but they had a good game. Um, Leah Brown was actually their highest scorer with 28 points, five rebounds, two assists. Um, Nas, obviously a star player. I think she's, you know, in contention or already named all American, but, uh, had 14 points, 13 rebounds, one assists. And then Johnson also had 15 points, 10 rebounds and six assists. So really good day for the Michigan women. Yeah, it was an excellent day for them. And any tournament win is a big game is a big win. Like even if you're a higher seed, because so many things could happen. And while we're on, women's basketball I want to shout out Rutgers too because they've been historically like really good at women's basketball like the only good sport at Rutgers for a long time so shout out to them for being consistently good like I remember as a kid like sometimes my parents would put like the Rutgers women's basketball game on because they were like they were actually like good and they were like ranked and that was exciting so their head coach Vivian Stringer is like a legend too I guess she's had like a lot of tournament appearances under overshadowed by um by UConn's coach because he's had all the success, but mm-hmm. they're a program that doesn't get enough attention. Yeah, that's really cool. Um, it's exciting to watch some of these uh, up and coming stars. I know Caitlin Clark of Iowa and then Paige Beckers of UConn are just phenomenal freshmen this year. So it'll be interesting to see if they end up going pro after this year. Um, I'm actually not sure if that's as common as, um, you know, on the men's side or if um, more likely to, to stay a, a year or two, especially it's hard for Paige with being, a, you know, UConn, if they don't win this year, she might want to stay another year so they can try to win. But um, I do think that the Huskies are going to, are going to take it for the women. Yeah. I feel like the, uh, like making a comparison, like the UConn women's Huskies and then the Crimson Tide in football, it's like, if you just stay, you'll win a national championship. So like that always has a allure. But for me, like this is shame on me for not 
paying super close attention to uh, the women's tourney and season, but in general, just kind of like sports this year. But when I was filling out my bracket, I was, I was shocked because in my mind, Notre Dame has always been a consistent, um, like pretty strong team and I didn't see them anywhere. So. Interesting. Yeah. I believe, uh, cause I know I'm pretty sure Skylar Diggins used to play for Notre Dame and I know she, I mean, she's a really good pro now, mm-hmm. but yeah, that's surprising. Like, I guess. Um, huh. Yeah. I knew, I've, I've known like South Carolina, Stanford, UConn were in my mind all like have been powerhouses for like recent history for sure. But then I, I swear for me, Notre Dame was right up there with them. Mm-hmm. I know. Yeah, uh, Notre Dame, I was shocked with. And Notre Dame, there's actually a few, like, New Jersey, like, high school girls who are really good. Like, there's, like, a family, the neighbors, and they, like, went to Notre Dame and when Notre Dame mm-hmm. was really good. So, or I think one of them's on the team now. But I've, but Notre Dame's kind of been, like, a thorn in Utah's side, I feel like, over the past mm-hmm. few seasons. Mm-hmm. And then yeah, Northwestern. Sorry, I cut you off. Oh, I was just going to talk about, um, I know Northwestern, they, I believe, won their first game. Let's see. But um, Vail, our teammate's sister, plays for them. Uh, they play uh, tomorrow at 4 p.m. Okay. Against uh, Central Florida. Okay, yeah. So, yeah, so so we gotta, we'll have a soft spot for Northwestern to make a little run. Yeah, for sure. That'd be sick. But, yeah, so Notre Dame was one of the uh, first four out. They were – uh, I guess third out of the four. So like if I'm trying to read what this says here, but it sounds like if a team had an issue with like COVID in that first like play in something, there was a possibility that those four like that were first out could jump in, but gotcha. yeah. Yeah. That is like an interesting new rule that they have this mm-hmm. year. And it's crazy just uh, how it completely shut down. I'm jumping back to the men's tournament, but the Oregon VCU game just wasn't even played. They just called it because of uh, COVID protocols. Yeah, apparently VCU, their cases showed up after that, like Wednesday deadline. So Mm -hmm. they couldn't put the replacement team. But I was thinking, like, how do you, like, fill a replacement team with the seating, like, being equal? Because – I, I could see like the replacement team like being like better like or being like worse than VCU and all of a sudden like you're getting an easier matchup by like that replacement team coming in. So at first I was like, well that's kind of like unfair to just get to advance. But then now I'm also thinking it's like I don't really think you could throw in a replacement team. It's not really going to be as equal. Mm-hmm. I think it more it's, it's more like it's bad for VCU because like just to get literally defeated by the coronavirus in March is not a good thing. Yeah. Gotta feel for those guys. I do feel really bad for them. Do you think if uh, I, now this is probably just completely on me for not reading into how it would be handled, but I imagine if the national championship had an issue, they would probably delay it instead of just naming a winner. Yeah. I'd hope so. Yeah. I'd hope they delay it. Mm -hmm. Interesting take, huh? I would think like they'd want the revenue too from like people watching that game. I wouldn't mm-hmm. like. That's I think they try and like hold that, hold like an actual game for that. As, right. And, and we know they're they're definitely about the money if they're trying to <laughs> like give people a. I mean, that's like it was just that's a, that was a quarantine stuck in your room sort of weight room. That was an at home sort of setup. They gave. The I think my just, grandma literally can wait more during. <laughs> When lift more during her aerobics class yeah that was insane. i'm saying that would be a perfect weight room for me like if they want to send the old weight room my way like since they don't need it anymore i'd gladly take it um another thing is so livers had the not NCAA property shirt on where like i i love that he was wearing that for selfish reasons because i want like them to bring back um ncaa football like the video game i think like that game is a ton of fun but i do think that the players should get to profit from endorsements somehow like you're bringing so much money in for the school and I know like they're on scholarships and stuff like that but you should be able to like profit 
some, there should be some way where you could get compensated. Like if you're that big of a name, I feel like it gets to a point where it's unequal, where you're almost making the school like more money than you're necessarily getting on scholarship that way. So I like how they like wore that shirt and made the big statement on TV because it is true to a certain extent that they are like NCAA property and there's all these crazy rules and restrictions on what they could do when they really should be compensated for coming. And that's why you're starting to see, like, I think there's some provision where you could go play in the G league before entering the NBA draft and, or either play overseas. And you're starting to see that more with some of the top prospects that they're going overseas to play because they want to get paid immediately. Like you don't want to get hurt playing in college and you lose the money. You want to, if you're good enough, just start the professional career. And I think the NCAA would save themselves a lot of money by allowing players to take endorsements because then they're not going to lose their star players to overseas or lose them to the G League or have the NBA eventually just let players go out of high school. It would give more of an incentive to keep the stars playing in March and keep them, even if they're only playing for college for one year, it's great for the, for the sport of college basketball to have these dynamic like NBA-type talents playing a season of college basketball rather than just like going pro. Yeah, and I think what hopefully will make them change is just the rise of competition or uh, like just other opportunities like for these very young promising kids it's like do I risk blowing out my knee or having a freak injury without getting compensated before or do I go overseas for a year make some money and then like say that happens it's like I at least have a little bit to fall back onto or something like that and I think uh, just talking about this reminded me of I can't remember when this was announced I think it was this month but um overtime which I believe uh I can't recall what exactly they work on but they they do a lot with uh I believe basketball and high school basketball videos they announced um like a, a league that will be for 16 to 18 year olds that pays kids a hundred thousand dollars a year And like, if they end up not going pro or choosing to go college, it just turns into a scholarship. So it's like options like these, I think will hopefully attract good talent. So one, they have a great opportunity and what is the best path for them. But two, it gets the people who are pretty close minded into how things should be run in the NCAA to maybe through a panic or whatever, just have to reevaluate how things are being done. Yeah. It's going to really just force them to have to change. Mm -hmm. So very interesting. Yeah, I I do. I mean, it it does get to the point where, yeah, we do get like, so a lot of these players have a free education and blah, blah, Mm -hmm. blah. But like, if people are, you know, get it buying their name on a jersey and or if like you know they're put in a like a video game like other people are profiting off of their name and likeness and i do agree that that is wrong and they should be compensated mm-hmm. and especially in the case of like what you guys are saying with injury and stuff like that i mean it's just a very different situation than the one that we're dealing with in terms of you know we're not trying to sign a huge contract or anything after running like obviously mm-hmm. they're professional runners but like these people are trying to go to the you know, NBA, NFL drafts. So uh, very good point there. Um, Guys, the time has been clicking away. We're going to have to wrap it up. Um, We'll give everyone a chance to have a, you know, their shout out for the day. I do have a quick shout out um, to Sydney Badger. I heard that you are a loyal listener and just wanted to shout out that thank you for listening to us all the way um, in Colorado and uh yeah maybe we can have you on for a little collab so i'll text you after this (laughs) we really warmed up into this episode one of uh, that's one of your favorite stravices like saying like warm up into it (laughs) live by it i preach and live by it Uh, any any last words from you guys oh i mean i'll just say it it was a pleasure to kind of rift for an hour or so and have have fun and talk about sports like really like great environment to do this and y'all are fun to talk to 
Thank you. Yo, so we really Thank enjoyed you. your uh, your time here and you're welcome back anytime for sure. I'd, I'd love to come yeah, back. I'd love, yeah, I'd love to come back. Love to, love to maybe get some more, uh, become more knowledgeable in some, some stuff so I can be really enlightening for the listeners. <laughs> Brian, any last words? Oh, uh, no, I'm good. Yeah, this is, time really flew by this episode, so it was a lot of fun. Thanks for coming on. Sounds good. And with that, you guys have a great week. Hopefully uh, your bracket is still uh, holding strong. <laughs>